Good morning, Conversations with Alaskan Gardeners. We're back on the air. Margaret Tharp and David Leonard from Landscape Alaska. It's a call-in show. 907-586-1800 gets you on the air. And we'll talk about landscaping and gardening, what's going on in the big world. Spring We're, is coming. Spring is Finally. here. Absolutely here. I don't the know. The lake is thawed. <laughs> it's cold, but it's coming. I know. I'm not really ready to go jump in the lake and go swimming around yet. <laughs> well, yeah. People do, but it's not going to be me for a while. Anyway, spring is here, and Landscape Alaska is open today. We'll be there from 10 till 4. Come on out and see us. We're on the Back Loop Road, Juno's Boutique Garden Center. It's so pretty. When you come today, you'll be absolutely thrilled walking around. And the greenhouses and display tables are filled with Iwasaki's great pansies. Remember those pansies that used to fill our greenhouses years ago? Well, we're back with those guys, and they are up and looking lovely. And there lovely. are some really cute new varieties. No, some really cute, cute new varieties. Little faces looking up at you. Really something. And you know, pansy, pansy is a really old cultivated flower. It's, doesn't pansy mean thoughts of love or something, it does. Like, something like that? Pansies in, in the Latin language are called pensamientos. Remembrances. Remembrances. Remembrances of love. That's what go. they are from the medieval French. We like that. Well, so we couldn't much. get by without the med- medieval French, could That's, we? We could we would not be here where we are without the medieval French. And pensamientos. Mm-hmm. And so uh, pansies and violas and violets are all kind of the the same family group. They have the same kind of of uh, action. They come into bloom really really early they like the temperatures low we have some beautiful herbs too and we have little violas and among the herbs we have something really unusual was the stevia we have well we have stevia this uh, the herbal sweetener but we also have something called cuban oregano yeah connor tried it he said it was very unusual very very unusual unusual taste but what a beautiful little plant it's like a succulent Maybe I should plant it in my terracotta planter. I think you ought to before it goes away because, well, as enthused as I am about them, of course I talk about them, and then people buy them. Well, and we have succulents, too, that are really beautiful. Really I, cool. I ought to grab a couple of those. And you know, the, the young girls have been picking out the succulents. It's quite surprising. Parents bring their little kids, and those little children, they, that's one of the things that they focus on. They like that right away, and you see them stroking the the <laughs> smooth flesh of the succulent plant. That's great. It is really, really. I'm great. not there because I'm working, but <coughs> I love hearing it. Mm-hmm. And and also among the herbs is uh, a really nice supply of thyme. But one thing that we did buy early this year are everbearing strawberries. Two kinds. We have two kinds of strawberries. We have, yes, right. We have the, the ever-bearing kind that bears constantly all summer long. And we have the June bearers that give one huge crop a year. And <clears throat> and they all look great. They look lovely. Absolutely lovely. And, and strawberries are something that we have a hard time getting most years. So when we had the chance to get these, we got a whole bunch of them. Well, I like getting our product early because it really, um, if we can keep it, alive and it doesn't freeze too hard on it uh they acclimate really well well that's true really true of course what what it does mean is we have to put a lot of labor into keeping everything well we have to put a lot of labor into everything dave you know i'm sorry we're not the automated nursery on the back loop road speaking of which i'd (laughs) still like to hire a couple more people to work in the nursery 
So if you or any of your friends have interest in doing this, even if just a couple days a week, make sure to get in touch with me. I'm really speaking as as uh, adults here, eye to eye conversation, um, but we have we have opportunities for all kinds of people. So the nursery stock is just pouring in from all over the world now, and the overwintered stock is finally coming awake since it's been so cold it's been sleepy for a long time All we need to pour some liquid feed on it so that it can kind of perk up i'm sure it's depleted its starch in its roots because it's winter it went so long yep winter winter was so long yes i'll get that organized today and get it ready for spraying great and we have some really pretty evergreens Re- Really, really pretty evergreens. Things that are going to just, you know, persist in the yard. The Japanese yew is one of the nicest ones. I know. I, I just love it. And you can prune it and keep it in all kinds of forms and shapes. And they'll even grow on the back side of your house, in the north side of your house, back by the glacier. And They're if, really, really tough. What I really like about it, too, is that even if it does get some winter damage, it's easy to prune and maintain, where some evergreens... Once it's damaged, it's damaged for life. It really is true. Now, about four years ago or five years ago, the state hired me to prune the evergreen evergreen Japanese yew hedge around the, around governor. the governor's house. And it's finally recovered. And, you know, I cut it hard. I cut it back to it was just bare wood. There were no <laughs> It was out showing. in the where people drove their cars. Yes. Sticking out way out over the wall. But now, after a few years, that's all filled back in again. It looks very nice. It dude. looks really, really healthy and, and vigorous. Like, you is a great plant for that. Are you going to give any pruning classes this year? You know, I think... I'm sure I will. I, say, I ought to give a... Uh, hydrangea pruning a class. Hydrangea pruning class, because that's a pretty critical thing. And it's about hydrangea pruning time right now, too. Right, before they really start growing. Okay, the hydrangeas have really taken center stage in a lot of local action. Because they're a mid-season to late-season plant. So much of Juno is all about early spring with primroses and, and uh, the bulbs and stuff like that. But when you get past you know, the rock flowers and, and all that and you get to the 4th of July, well, that's when you know the hydrangea really comes to its own, along with the roses, you know, right. and, and and the lilacs, lilac uh-huh. you know. But uh, for a long time, we were in the desert in terms of having something that could really take all the rain and all that disturbance that we get midsummer here. Uh, and the hydrangeas are just great. They don't for that. turn brown. They and don't. the rain can beat on them, and the wind can blow on them, and it doesn't hurt them no, at all. They like it. Uh-huh. But and what's really cool about them is that the color is constantly changing on them. Yep. They start out creamy white and go to pink and then go to dark red. So it's a call-in show. 907-586-1800. So we were on the job the other day, and our power tools we get from Tyler Rental made all the difference in the world. Yeah. For everything that you have. For pruning those spireas at the bank really helped. Okay, good morning, Conversations. Hello? Hey, good morning. I can barely hear you. Hang on. I'll turn my mic up. My, my headphones up. What can I do for you? Hey, good morning. I'm living out in the Mendenhall Valley, and I'm looking for a good evergreen shrub that would uh, make a privacy fence uh, to create some distance between myself and our neighbors. How tall do you want it to get? Uh, at least five, six, eight feet. So, we'll tell you on the air, okay? 
Sure, sounds great. Thanks. Okay. So part of the thing about having an evergreen hedge that you really want for your privacy is sometimes it's nice to have a little variation in the hedge itself so that if you have any problems, it doesn't affect the whole makeup. Right, and if any one plant dies, you're not stuck trying to, to fix that. Ma- match the very same age of it. So, And evergreens are really resilient and good for privacy. And so the basic form that, that most people use here is the, uh, the member of the cedar family called arborvita. And the reason they use it is because it's usually the cheapest of all the evergreens that you can buy. Evergreens tend to be more on the expensive side, and you can buy them pretty good size. So, you know, if you buy them at six feet, you know, it's pretty affordable in comparison to buying some more exotic evergreens. What would and you an, say, Dave? And another nice thing, I, I think so too, price always drives a lot of, a lot of choices. And another thing is that, that arborvite is something you can prune pretty easily. You can both prune the top of it to keep it the size you want, but you can also keep the sides sheared and so it doesn't have to take over your entire yard. And the other thing is, it's depending on what this issue is with your neighbors, uh, it's nice sometimes to use the deciduous plants that grow quickly in between your arborvitae so that when you're actually out in your yard in the spring and summertime and in the fall, you have color and texture along with the evergreens. And it, uh, deciduous things grow faster than evergreens grow. They do. And as a matter of fact... You can do a mixture of them. That's all I'm saying. And most of the evergreens, if you just choose one and say, okay, I want a spruce, a fir, a pine... They're going to get pretty good size. You have to look for something that's going to be a dwarf member of those family. Like there are dwarf Norway spruces that top out at about twelve or fifteen feet. A Norway spruce is a good is a good choice. A really nice choice, but a and, little pricey, and soft to the touch. But a little pricey for a hedge. Unless you just put a few of them in, because mm-hmm. one of the things when you have when you have the idea of a hedge, you think okay, everything is is the same height and the same shape and the same color and all in a straight line, but it doesn't have to be like that. It's more attractive if you have, like Margaret says, a varied combination of plant material in it, and the tops would be some high and some low, and you would have some different kinds of colors and leaf changes in it as well as the evergreen backing of course so, the evergreens could be to the back and you could put other deciduous things in front of them that are lower and it, you know make it have more depth instead of just a straight line absolutely true and as long as you're looking at evergreens you know rhododendron is an evergreen and you can use rhododendron in the midst of an evergreen run and it's going to give you not only the body but it's going to give you some floral shape too Plus, it does have those other visual shapes, rather than everything being straight up and down. Well, usually when people want to hedge in their yard for privacy, they want something a little bit more immediate than a rhododendron. A rhododendron in the long run is a fantastic thing, and, they, and you get the cast iron hybrids, and they get really big, but it takes them 20 years. So in the meantime, you could have arborvita or mm-hmm. spruce. Or dwarf pine or shore pine. Now, and you it's see, a little harder with the pines, don't you think? Because it's harder of, to keep them pruned. Harder to keep them pruned because of the nature of the plant itself. 
They tend to die back if they're not pruned properly. So if they have damage and you try to prune it, sometimes they're just left with a gap. That's right, or a big stick. And, and if you have all the same thing in your hedge, if an insect comes in or some kind of a pest or a disease, it can actually devastate your population. Look around at what's happened to our wild forest in the last couple of years. You know, the, the one-two whammy of the two kinds of, of bugs over the last couple of years has really put a dent in our native conifer population. But if you're at all inclined, come up to the nursery and David can walk you around and show you the different kinds of evergreens that you could consider for putting in a hedge. And we have quite a few choices. And uh, and that's the kind of thing that, that uh, you think about it and you think, oh yeah, it's kind of boring. But it doesn't have to be boring. It can really be exciting. You I know? think privacy is always exciting, personally. Well, there's always that. You know, the thing, thing is, when you're out in your yard, it's really important to feel like you're out there for yourself. You're not out there for the amusement of your neighbors. And a lot of neighbors have a lot of trash around their house. You don't want to look at it either. There's always that, isn't there? Good morning, conversations. Hello? Oh? Hello, I can hear you, maybe. Okay, I'll, I'll, uh, is this better? Can you hear me? Yeah, you're great now. Great. I, I know this is a call-in show, and I don't want to take up too much uh, of your time uh, sharing all this valuable information, but I'd like to take a few moments to praise uh, conversations with Alaska Gardener Show. Well, how nice. First of all, I love the show. Uh, it's unique. Gardening environment. Am I on the air now? You yeah. are on the air, yes. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, I'm from the lower 48, and so it's like watching those reality shows <laughs> where people leak out a living in the wilderness, you know, I get a, a kind of, uh, uh, I garden vicariously through you. Well, well good. Thank that's you. That's great. I hope you enjoy next, it. Next, you are so knowledgeable and informative. I mean, it would be hard to find this level of expertise in garden centers and nurseries anywhere else. And I should know, I've studied plants my entire career and continue to do so. Well, Sir, thank you. Thank you. I got. I won't. I, is it, can I take a little bit more of your time? Sure, absolutely. Third, you two have a great dynamic, and it's it, it's not just informative, but you know, kind of entertaining actually. They, and allow me to exaggerate here a little. David, the consummate gardener with stories to tell, and Margaret, the professional who keeps David's feet on the ground. <laughs> so. That's really, really nice to hear. Thank you. We just well, think of ourselves as a couple of country bumpkins. You, you are far from that. You have way too much experience. And Southeast Alaska has a valuable resource in you folks. But I should note a disclaimer here um, to my comments. I've known David for about 45 years. <laughs> <laughs> so you How useful. <laughs> Delightful. I, I don't know. I don't know if you've guessed. You probably haven't guessed then who I am and who is in your life. Uh, Jim Colax. Oh, Jim. Jim. Oh, how great! And where are you living now? Well, I'm in in uh, Annapolis, Maryland, but at the moment I'm in the San Juan Islands. Oh, oh, that's oh, well. wonderful! I remember on when Shaw Island. Yes, with Lynn. 
That's great. Oh, my, oh, my. This is so sweet of you to call us and, and to hear from you. You guys, I, I, you know, looked you up, up and on Facebook I ran across and I got onto your sh- uh, show and I, I'm really entertained by it. Okay. So. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad, you know. Yeah. So have a wonderful time being on Shaw Island. And you live in Annapolis, though? Yeah, Annapolis, Maryland. Wow. Yeah. Totally different gardening situation. <laughs> yeah, and you're a Ph.D. in plant physiology. Right. Yeah. How uh, wh- cool. I, one, uh, uh, and I, yeah, I, I, gradu- I uh, retired from NASA. There was one other thing, and then I'll get off so people can call in. Uh, I had this memory of David. Uh, this was back about 1980. And you know that uh, in The Graduate, the movie The Graduate, Dustin Hoffman is at this party that his parents um, uh, are throwing for his graduation. Uh-huh. And one guy, one guy, a friend of the parents, walks, takes um, Ben aside and says, I got one word for you. Plastic. Plastic. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, David took us aside, 1980, and said, daylilies. <laughs> Right. And the world has exploded in daylilies. <laughs> That's right. There are more there are more hobby breeders in daylilies than anything yeah. else in the world. It's crazy. But, but it. you predicted it. We'll give our best All to, right, love you guys. to Lynn. Love you too. Thank you so much. And and get in touch online with us. Dr. Latz, okay. it's a pleasure to hear from you. And Lynn, I'm so thrilled to hear from you guys. Thank you so much. Why don't you just come on over for the weekend? Okay. Well, well that was talk wonderful. about a blast from the past. Mm-hmm. I worked at a research lab at Stanford with him when we were all much younger. Listen, I went to Shaw Island with you there. Yeah, too cool. It was really cool. Okay, well, we're back to uh, conversations with Alaskan <laughs> gardeners. <laughs> Joe, man, oh, man. So uh, we were driving along this morning looking at the wetlands coming green. And you know there's those big clusters of shooting stars that are near Sunny Point. Mm-hmm. And I always look to see if they're up yet, if that's what we're going to come to. Pretty soon. It's still been pretty cold, but pretty soon. Yeah, it's, it's still A little more sunlight. Cold. My friend Steve Johnson was at the nursery the other day, and he was talking about how he has his... Phone pota- call. Oh, good morning, conversations. Hello, good morning. Um, I heard you mention that it was time to prune the hydrangeas. What other plants should be pruned this time of year and i'll hang up and listen okay. okay great well i noticed that a lot of people never prune their flowering trees whether they're lilacs or crab apples and they really get pretty like a thicket inside and they need to be pruned and thinned out a little bit and sometimes if you do it early in the spring you can make bouquets out of the cuttings and bring them into your house. You need to pound the ends of the stems with a hammer or a rock or something so that it will soak up the water. But once you do that, you can bring those prunings inside and have beautiful springtime flowers. But don't prune your lilacs in the springtime yet because their flower buds have yet to open. And, and right, you, you do it after early, they bloom. That's right. But uh, crab apple trees, you can prune those even though they're still going to bloom. And the cherry trees, and they're still going to bloom. You're not going to lose very much of it. But the one things, the the things you think about pruning in the spring are those bushy kind of sticky spireas. Spireas. All those spireas. You know, and they make all that 
late summer flower growth and then the leaves turn color and it's, they're so attractive in the autumn so you don't want to cut them then because they're still nice and pretty but during the winter time all the leaves fall off and you look out there in your yard now a bunch of sticks there's a whole bunch of sticks that's right and now's the time to prune those because once they start growing again you won't want to do it so spireas and they have time to set more flower buds barberries nine barks barberry potentillas all those kind of of basic pedestrian kind of shrubs that really make up the background of a lot of people's landscapes. Now's the time to do that. So the Ragosa roses you need to prune after they bloom? That's what I would do is wait until the flowers, unless, you know, unless it's gotten to the state where you really have to do something about it. Right. In which case, it's so much easier to do it while it's bare. You know. Right, before it grows before, its leaves. Uh-huh. And, and also, things that are that are uh, the multi-stemmed things where they grow up out of the ground. And you, you see the big canes are growing up and little canes are coming up around them, like dogwoods or sorberias. Or serviceberry. Or serviceberry, that's right. And so what you do with those guys is you look down at the bottom and you see which are the four or five biggest, oldest canes and you cut them right off at the ground. And let the young ones and take And let over. the young ones come up. And that'll keep them from getting to be, you know, 20 feet tall and gawky. You'll far rather have them be, you know, six to seven feet and uh, nice and full. That's pretty much a good hit. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and rhododendron. You know, After they bloom. You can cut rhododendron pretty much anywhere on the stem. And it'll sprout down below it, but it's not fast. But if you have those big, gawky rhododendrons with just a few leaves on the ends of the branches and everything else is bare, you know, there's no sense putting it off. Go right ahead. Saw them back in half. You can saw them back to where there's, where there's uh, no leaves left on the stems, you know. And in, within a couple of years, they'll grow new leaves and be back, and you can have a, a shrub that's recognizable again. You know what I saw had really put on a lot of growth this year that just thrilled me were all those creeping spruces that you planted at the top of that huge retaining Aren't those wall. Cute? They, they've gotten really big in comparison to, you know, they were just sticking their little fingers out for years. And now they're like, you know, three feet long. Margaret's talking about as you go by... On your way to Oak Bay. The intersection at, at uh, Fritz Cove Road. And up on the university side is that great big concrete wall. And I planted weeping spruces along the top of that. And they're going to crawl down the face of it. It's going to be fabulous. They're going to cover the whole face of that thing. Yes. And right now, yes, they are. They're putting on their new growth. And what's really amazing to me is that I always thought they were going to just hang straight down. But in fact, they grow curling out until they're long enough, and then the weight pulls them down right, again. Right, Which is so interesting. It's great. The other thing is, David, what kind of evergreen trees are those across from the Valley Post Office? I love those. The yard doctor planted them at that bank on the corner. They're skinny and they're tall. And they're they, some and kind of fur. And they're at least 20 years old. Oh, at least, there. yes. And, and Steve, if you are listening, call me up and tell me what they are. They're nice. Really, really, really nice. Really, really pretty. Yeah, I think those are some of the nicest evergreens around. Uh-huh. And, of course, the trade in evergreens, the business of evergreens. There's a lot of... of uh, fairly common evergreens that people grow in large numbers but every now and then you find somebody that's growing unusual ones remember the hopper brothers we went to their their evergreen nursery i do and i also remember a peace of mind 
Yes, and peace of mind. <laughs> peace of mind. Now, peace of mind is a, a a guy who was a an IBM executive and one day threw his pencil across the room and said, I quit. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to go out and raise evergreens. And we went to his nursery, and he had hundreds of kinds of evergreens. All, hundreds. But all as large plant plants. The Hopper Brothers had large and small plants, and I loved the Mexican fir that they grew. The one that, that had green and red and or and, and yellow. And it yellow. Was a, it, it grew in like the, foliage. the, the, the Wasn't Mexican that flag. Yes, it, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. The new growth was red. Oh yes, what fun it was, it's and what fun, fun it is. That's right. What fun it is. So so uh, mugo pines are one of the standards that people have around here, and and I was looking at the mugo pines in front of the Fred Meyer store as you go in on the grocery store entrance. And uh, they had been pruned as if they were a spirea, you know, just cut off. And one of the things about pine trees is that if you cut it in the middle between the, the whirls of branches, that stem will die back to the next whirl. So you always, when you're pruning pines, you want to make sure you cut them back at where the, the cluster of branches comes out. And then it'll be able to and then choose one of those to make a new top if you want. The other way is when you have pines and they have candles, their new growth comes out, they call it a candle. And it's at the end of where the existing evergreen is now. You break that candle off so it only grows, you know, a half an inch instead yeah. of letting it grow eight inches. Because the depending on the variety the candles can be quite large and if you don't if you want to control the growth so much easier to control it at the end of the branch than it is to infect the branch by cutting it in the wrong spot absolutely that's such a good point margaret and candling mugo pines is one of those springtime rituals that you do when you're maintaining a a substantial landscape because there's you know if you have mugo pine as a as 10 percent of your your uh, plant crop you know, it, and you don't want it to get bare and sparse and ungainly. You want to keep it compact. That's the way to do it. Well, you know, I'm in the process of planting the Riverview housing. And I, w- I was looking at the parking lot at the Trillium Place, which is next door, and the parking lot at this facility and then there's this little strip along the sidewalk on the other side of where the parking bumpers are and where I had originally planned on planting some trees out there I decided I have to plant things that are low otherwise people are just going to run into them with their bumpers that's exactly right right and you know so I'm planting dwarf slow mounds which are really slow growing mugos with lingonberry and some maidenhair fern if it shows up Sounds perfect. It's going to be lovely. Mm -hmm. We'll all pay attention to that. Okay, we're coming to the end of our show. We'll talk to you again next week. This is Margaret Tharp and David Lender. Thank you for calling in. Oh, and Dr. Latz, how great to hear from you. So thanks a lot, folks. Come out and see us at Landscape Alaska on the back loop. Look at our website for a map and how to get there. We'll talk to you next week. And until then, happy gardening.